This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with Sandy Schindelman. He's the president of Winnipeg-based Shindico Group. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me on. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, retail in the Winnipeg area today and beyond, depending where uh, where, where Shindico does uh, some work. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what was happening in retail in the uh, Winnipeg area prior to the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, uh, you know, it was moving along at its own pace. There wasn't really many ups and downs. There was some new product coming on. Typically, Winnipeg has been slow for entitlements and approvals and building permits and things. Uh, That was a pre-pandemic exercise. It became a little worse during the pandemic, and now it's still a little worse. Goodness. And so, because the Winnipeg market, you know, there's fairly steady incomes, a situation where, you know, many different retail types are there from big box to large shopping center to even downtown. Uh, The city has a good mix of retail. It does. Uh, along our arteries and our connectors, uh, you know, there's good commercial uh, corridors. Downtown hasn't been important uh, for retail for mm-hmm. at least a couple of decades, and that remains the same today. Do you, how, do you have any opinions on the downtown core and how things are? We've seen such things as True North Square come about. It's, it's got a food hall, I think the Hargrave Market. Uh, you know, Portage Place that's just been announced that the Toronto developer isn't looking at it coming in. And we saw the Hudson Bay store shut down. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing with the downtown core right now in Winnipeg. Uh, well, certainly the True North Square is a success story. Uh, but unfortunately, downtown, it's a zero-sum game. I mean, most of the tenants, if not all the tenants, came from someplace else <laughs> and left uh, blocks of space in older buildings, still A-class buildings, but nevertheless, older buildings. So when they move from one place to the other, then Portage and Maine gets a little bit uh, thinner. Of course, it's hard to tell with the pandemic because there's not a lot of people on the streets, and that could be that they're, they're going to be. Uh, but users like uh, Great West Life, Investors Group, etc., have a lot of people working, or Canada Life, I should say, have a lot of people working from home. And whether or not that's going to be more permanent or less permanent, we understand that that till at least the end of the year. And now in the downtown core, the uh, Portage Place, it was a shopping center. It opened, I think, in 1985. I'm just going by memory, so I didn't do that research prior to coming on here. But That's about right. It was certainly was the early 80s that it opened. That's right. And uh, it was new for Winnipeg, a downtown mall on two floors. It was quite attractive in its... uh, in its build. Uh, Cadillac Fairview did a bang-up job. They just came off of their Polo Park expansion and redevelopment, which was done a couple of years before that. And uh, they opened with a a dearth of high-end retailers, a whole Renfrew, a Scada, a Rodier. Uh, They had them all. Uh, And uh, it didn't do very well because uh, there isn't a supportive demographic downtown for that kind of shopping. And uh, it's kind of dwindled since. It's pretty easy to get downtown if you need to get downtown. And it's pretty easy to get out of downtown if you live out of downtown. So if you work downtown, you can typically get in your car and uh, be to your suburban area within 15 minutes for sure. So it's uh, there's no real need for downtown in, as far as retail goes because it doesn't get the support uh, from the downtown uh, people who are working there. It makes sense. And, and times were very different in the past where, you know, there was an Eaton's store, which uh, 
I think it was about a million square feet and, and a Hudson Bay uh, department store, which was still very big, not quite as big, but massive. Yeah, I think 680. I think 680. Um, Gigantic. The world has changed in retail, obviously. Well, was, it sounds like a suburbanization really took hold. You know, we got CF Polo Park, uh, uh, you know, other shopping centers, uh, St. Vitale, uh, Kildonan Place, I think is still around. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's certainly more vibrant. And really the downtown shopping district, if you will, has over the years reverted to the Polo Park area. So that's got all the department stores and uh, big mall, big surrounding area, a lot of which uh, we've participated in. We're currently seeking uh, entitlement for mixed use for not only the Polo Park Mall, but the former stadium site to the north of it. And that will bring some pretty amazing development uh, First-class, attractive, urban, you know, probably 3,000 units over time. Uh, the opportunity for medical buildings, etc. It's a pretty exciting time to be working on the Polo Park projects. So the Polo Park area is becoming, I don't want to say the downtown, but it's becoming an, a very significant commercial node for the entire region. It is. It, it attracts people from outside the trade area, certainly, because uh, it's comfortable. And it's close to downtown, Uh I guess the problem is it's too close to downtown. Good for them and good for us, but not as good for people who want to establish a real nucleus downtown. That's right. And we're seeing that uh, with, with shopping centers around the country now, a, a, a densification in and around it, because shopping centers traditionally are in places with good transit. Uh, they're, they're fairly central. Maybe they were built on the edge of the city, but the city developed around them. Uh, you know, Polo Park, I've been watching this for a while now, too, and thinking, my goodness, it's really interesting to see where uh, that area is going. Uh, you know, there was a proposal for, I think, a Target and a Polo Park North, which uh, uh, seems to have morphed it. Well, we, we built the Target. And uh, I think it operated for three months. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, on a second on the second floor, uh, it was 140 or 150 thousand feet. We've uh, finally got it retenanted uh, with uh, the biggest uh, user is an office user uh, whose employees love being right there, and uh, and we have a couple of uh, retailers in there as well. So that takes care of the second floor. And now we're dealing with the residual lands of which we're seeking that rezoning that we told you about. And uh, we would put uh, mixed use with apartment buildings and not big box, very likely. Yeah, yeah. There's the big box across the street and probably there's enough of it across the street. Yeah. In both directions. Oh, goodness. Now, the pandemic... East and west. Yeah. Well, the pandemic has really hit retail hard around, well, around the world. Um, what have you seen? Have you seen any major changes in Winnipeg? Obviously, there's going to be different traffic patterns. We talked about the downtown core, but um, have you, what have you seen in terms of um, you know retail in the Winnipeg area, leasing and otherwise? There's not much change. In our case, the pandemic just sped along uh, the inevitable of the pre-pandemic world. Some of the retailers that uh, had lost the imagination of their shoppers. Uh, you know, uh, the Reitmans and other people had to shrink their square footage quite a bit. They just uh, weren't attracting the traffic and uh, the sales that they wanted. But our leasing uh, team has been extremely busy. They are busier now than uh, pre-pandemic. They worked all through the pandemic and uh, were quite successful in getting local people uh, to look at things. Uh, we took advantage of this area by acquiring a few retail 
buildings on important uh, arteries, uh, renovating them extensively, uh, making them a lot more attractive for tenants. And tenants have been upgrading into these kind of facilities. So we're expanding a lot of retail, uh, Pemina Crossing, adding two strips. Um, they're smaller strips, but we added a Save on Foods and that has rejuvenated that mall. Uh, Grant Park Festival and Pavilions, again, additions, adding on to the strips. Uh, we've started on the on the uh, residential, the Taylor residences. Uh, that'll be 248 suites in the first and second phase. Uh, we'll be delivering those suites in the summer of 22 and 23. So we have the second building following close behind about a year later. And uh, again, we're working with entitlements. Uh, we do have a zoning for about another 550-odd unit there. Um, so walkability, walk score, uh, the walk score may be higher downtown, but nobody's walking there and they don't have grocery stores, etc. Uh, we're really excited about the ability for people to walk on the property to Walmart, walk on the property to Sobeys or Starbucks or Boston Pizza, whatever you have, uh, to the doctor, to the dentist. And uh, so there's a lot of activity on the, uh, on the major arteries. I think that you wow. have to, um, you have to refresh your product and refresh your operations and uh, realize that there has to be some capex in a lot of these properties. Uh, and they have to have good parking and good accessibility, all the extra things. But if you can shadow anchor them or anchor them a little bit, it, it's uh, pretty good. Uh, Portial Prairie, the uh, leasing has been going very brisk. Uh, they're building a new hospital. They have a new pea protein plant. Uh, kind of for the first time, I think it was a multi-billion dollar installation. Roshan, uh, McCain's is expanded, Simplot. So these communities are, are getting their due. Brandon, Corral Center is full. I think the Shoppers Mall is pretty full. Uh, there, there's business to do. I guess during the pandemic, the people weren't going away, and that has driven up uh, costs of construction. Certainly not quite as competitive as it is in Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, three cities that we have some exposure to. Uh, but it is what it is. We're excited for retail right now. We're, I mean, we can't tell you that there's this fabulous uh, big retailer that's coming in with six locations or any of that. But the stores that have been right-sized, uh, I know we have a Best Buy uh, that we thought we were quite at risk at losing because it was a 20-some thousand foot uh, future shop and they were getting to be 30 and 35 and 38. Uh, but by the time it came time to renew the lease, uh, it was the right side at uh, 22,000 feet or wherever it might be. We were able to add anchors to a lot of shopping centers. Dollarama has been quite active. Uh, we look after their real estate and they've been very active uh, getting new stores in the market. Excellent. How about the um, outlet? It's called the Outlet Collection at uh, in Winnipeg? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that project. It, it, it's done well through the pandemic. Uh, we don't see a lot of vacancies. Uh, you know, we don't know if the tenants are on percentage sales only or what the lease terms are. We're not party to that. A lot of re ancillary retail around the mall uh, with QSRs, uh, Popeyes, Frankies, all the and there's some office tenants there uh, in retail settings. Investors Group and others. Dynacare has been relocating and expanding in a lot of locations. Uh, we've been handling uh, some of that growth, and uh, they're busy. People have time to uh, stay home and get sick, so that's good for them. 
And I, I think I heard um, near near the outlet mall, I don't know if it was Costco, there, there were some rumors, but honestly, I can't remember if it was a Costco or a Walmart or wouldn't be Ikea, I don't think. It was a big, really big No, store. Ikea is there. Ikea is there. And Cabela's is there. Uh, those are the, the bigger anchors outside. Uh, and there's some mini box tenants, uh, which I was going to say come and go, but they don't seem to go. But they don't come as much anymore. Uh, we have a big development, uh, mixed-use development that's, I think, 76 acres uh, on Portage Avenue West, uh, just outside the Perimeter Highway, but within the city of Winnipeg. Uh, we have sold sites to uh, three developers who are building uh, apartments for rent. Uh, bigger projects, a uh, couple of hundred units each and one probably 400. Uh, we have approval for 2,000 units. We may add uh, a building ourselves in the near future, but uh, and we're working with retailer. We're talking to grocery stores, department stores, the usual suspects. We're feeling that we'll have some major traction and something to talk about in 2022. Excellent, excellent. And where do you, you know, speaking of the future, I guess, um, do you have any sort of a vision what retail in Winnipeg might look like, and I guess in Manitoba generally, say over the next five years, you know, population growth. Uh, yeah, a population growth is uh, slowed certainly with the pandemic. So uh, immigration, uh, interprovincial migration hasn't been that high. But we don't need a lot of jobs, new jobs. We need a lot of new jobs, but we don't need a lot of new jobs to have an impact. And uh, housing uh, affordability. People think it's not affordable, but it's quite quite different from, from where you're sitting. Uh, there's lots of houses being built. Uh, condo sales are, aren't haven't been that vibrant because people have an opportunity to get a single family house. Uh, we think as those opportunities wane, uh, condos will be strong again. Rentals will be strong again. Uh, the market is pretty is pretty good because uh, we don't have the inventory of vacancy to work through as some of the markets have had. Interesting, interesting. And, and you know, the city's still growing. You know, there's industry there. I mean, Winnipeg has seen a transition over the years. Uh, you know, I, I think as a city, uh, you know, e- Eaton's kind of almost had its second headquarters there. Hudson Bay Company for at least a decade, I think, was headquartered in Winnipeg. It was for an extended period of time till about 1974, I think. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the city has continued to chug along, you know, finding its place because it's, it's very central to Canada in terms of, I think, geographically, at least east to west. It's, it's kind of in the center of the country. Right. Uh, local people tend to overreact. Uh, what will happen to downtown uh, if Eaton's goes away? Uh, there were there was human chains uh, around it so that they wouldn't tear it down. Of course, uh, the Eaton's store was close to a million feet, but wasn't very robust in its construction. It, it let a lot of wood in it, uh, you know, in a brick veneer. Uh, mm. It came down. The new hockey arena or entertainment arena, whatever they call it, went there, and it, they never missed a beat. The only thing that hasn't kept and captured the imagination as the Portage Place Mall because it was just bigger than we needed. There was no time where we needed 300,000 feet of new retail downtown. You know, maybe they could have sustained 70 or 80. I don't know the numbers, but that happened. The bay is closed. It's a very robust building. Uh, we worked on it for a number of years to try and uh, interest Manitoba Hydro to locate in Great West Life, now Canada Life. Uh, we couldn't do it. Uh, we just hope that governments don't get so involved and muddy up the market uh, by putting out money to see things being built that shouldn't be built. That's what the story of Portage Place where The land was assembled by a uh, partnership of the uh, feds, the province, and the city. 
and they built the parkade underneath it and they you know they did land leases above it uh cadillac fairview came in and did a pretty good job with that leasing strength but at the end of the day if the tenants can't do sales there or the shrinkage is higher than the actual sales then they 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 retract and that's what they did so we're hopeful that governments don't get too involved uh you know moving into these buildings and out of buildings that were built with private capital and paying more in government funded uh, areas that wasn't the flavor of the day of the of the current uh, provincial administration uh, Chris, the feds haven't been too active either, and uh, that's okay. Really, the people who have to be housed in these office spaces prefer to be in the close suburbs. They prefer to walk to Starbucks uh, safely and Walmart and Sobeys and you name it. They like it too, just like I do. So uh, as long as uh, we don't get too many people meddling in the industry. There's lots of sites uh, that can be developed. Of course, needs a little more courage and a little more capital than the existing sites. But there's lots of opportunities for remaking buildings, uh, releasing buildings, and finding a curating a proper use, as opposed to the haphazard uh, 50,000 foot strip that whoever comes along, as long as we don't have another one, you're the right tenant. And that isn't always the case. <laughs> it's more strategic now. Yes. Do you, yeah. do you have any guesses what's going to happen to that uh, old Hudson's Bay building? I don't. My fear is that governments will pile on and hand it to somebody untendered uh, who doesn't have to put their own capital in. And that, you know, that skews the market one way or the other. It'll find its level. Uh, it may sell for a dollar, but to somebody who has an idea and has some capital, uh, they can work on it. Hopefully, the city assessment department realizes that, uh, you, you know, you, the taxes are too high. Uh, you know, when the operating costs are much more than the rent, eventually something yep. has to give. And what gives is vacancy. Oh, absolutely. And uh, do, do you see um, suburban retail development continuing to, for the most part, dominate? the uh, Winnipeg market moving forward? Uh, I do. You know, slowly, uh, you know, there's no big rushes and no big contractions. But yes, there's more, a lot of infill things. Uh, I know ourselves. we have Sobeys anchored projects and Home Depot anchored projects. And now we start to realize, well, we could put another 6,000 foot building here and keep this fresh. Put some uses on that aren't there or put some re uh, residential on it. And uh, we've developed uh, quite an expertise in building those with a specific kind of a product uh, in concrete construction and high amenity. So give people a reason to move out of their house, to stay in the neighborhood. They're not rushing to downtown or uh, to the edge of town. Uh, they want to stay in their neighborhood. If they're from River Heights and they've lived there 70 years and you can create a proper environment for them, uh, they will sell their houses and sign a lease mm -hmm. for two years hence. Yeah. And there's some nice buildings in uh, in Winnipeg. I think there's one, I think it's one Wellington. It's one unit per floor. It was just, yeah, yeah I like, I like. Yeah. yeah. A condo. Uh, that's uh, a nice asset. Uh, we have 30-story uh, buildings on the river that we've repositioned. We've put $2 million into the amenity spaces. It just finished during the pandemic, so it was closed for a year and a half. Nobody saw it, uh, but they're, we're able to share it with them now. And industrial has been strong too. Uh, we shouldn't uh, uh, run away. We have problems uh, securing uh, some kinds of steel, 
uh, trusses, et cetera. There's a long lead time. Uh, but we're doing a new industrial park on the east side of town, Plessy's Business Park. The first building is leased up. The second building, we thought we'd put a grade beam in this fall. Uh, but we think that the lead time for steel, wow. we might as well put that grade beam in in the spring. Uh, so uh, all speculative. Uh, uh, in the Brookside Park on the west side, that's outside the city limits, just where no business tax and a little bit easier to get uh, building permits, et cetera. It's, it's blossomed. Uh, we've sold a lot of land there with people putting industrial parks in. 160 acres, 80 acres, just it continues to grow north. Wow. So uh, we're, we're proud and happy to see that. That's in the RM of Rosser. A lot of new buildings, a lot of spec buildings, some high cube buildings. Uh, a lot of our industrial stock is older. Uh, so hard for the truck movements and loading and hard for distribution, doesn't have the ceiling heights. So we, when you build a modern plant, uh, you can you can lease it. Terrific. Now, and in the industrial vacancy rate, uh, you know, we've seen e-commerce obviously exploding during the pandemic. There's been an on, a lot of online shopping and, and that has resulted in a situation where you know, in many of the bigger cities, warehouses are full of stuff that people are going to buy online and have shipped to them. Yes, uh, here too. But even medical supplies companies expanded and they want modern plants. You know, they've lived for 20 years and obviously they've had to move more PPE and other things in and out and medical equipment to hospitals and loading and shipping and getting staff to a new industrial building in a new industrial area is perhaps a little easier than an older low ceiling building. Definitely the building has to work <laughs> for, for, for the, for the tenant. Yes. And, uh, is there anything else that uh, we'd like to mention about uh, the retail in Winnipeg or in Manitoba today? Uh, Manitoba continues to chug along. Uh, the cities of Steinbeck, uh, Winkler, Selkirk, Portage Prairie, uh, even Dauphin, and of course, Brandon, our second city. Uh, there's not a lot of vacancy and there's demand. Terrific, terrific. I played hockey in Brandon years ago. I remember there was an Eaton Center down. I think it was an Eaton Center. There was certainly an Eaton store downtown. It was an Eaton store. I think a Bay store in the Brandon, the downtown mall. Oxford built that mall. Hmm. It's traded hands a few times. I think it's largely art space and office now, oh. uh, but it was a downtown mall that failed uh, long before ours did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember it was pretty busy, but again, this is in the early 90s, <laughs> so that, that was a while. Yeah, well, the Wheat Kings are still there, and uh, uh, there's a little competition for them with the Manitoba Ice, the Kootenai team moved to Winnipeg. And so uh, there's a little rivalry building there, but uh, it's all good. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, for everything here today. This has been Sandy Schindelman, the president of Shindico Group, based out of Winnipeg. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Craig, and much continued success. Keep succeeding. <laughs> thank you. And I'm Craig Patterson, editor-in-chief of Retail Insider. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Take care and bye for now. <laughs>